Hey friends, some of you remember me cracking jokes about essential oils. I thought it was a cult. You're gonna be surprised that I finally found some essential oils that I like because I can make my own. I just use the candy cane oil from Simply Earth to make my own oils. There's a problem when it comes to oils. Sometimes they're too expensive and that's why I thought it was a funny thing. The solution was for me is that Simply Earth Essential Oil Recipe Box will help you gain confidence and clarity in using essential oils and how do you use them to eliminate toxins from your home. So how it works is similar to the recipe boxes that you get. So you receive the box with four essential oils. You'll get six recipe cards and extras. And then they'll teach you how to use the essential oils while making the recipes created by a certified aromatherapist. I didn't know that was a thing, but there is such thing as aromatherapist. Learn something new every day. Because you're making your own, you can save money and you can detoxify your life. And it's just simple. It's just like a meal subscription kit, but more fun and less edible. So Simple Earth's essential oils are 100% pure and come from the best farms all over the world. Because this is important because sometimes the cheaper ones, they're not pure and they can bring harm and bring toxins into your home. All of Simply Earth's essential oil recipes are tried and tested by in-house certified aromatherapists. And they have over 2,000 five-star reviews. Simply Earth gives 13% of their profits to help in human trafficking. The essential oils alone will cost over $100 from other companies. But with Simple Earth Essential Oil Recipe Box, you get four oils, six recipes, extra ingredients for only $39. This is what I'm talking about. You see, that's why I was suspicious because it was so expensive, but this is so inexpensive. And I love the smell of the candy cane. And it's great for this season. So using essential oils to support your wellness doesn't have to be overwhelming. Have fun making home toxin-free with Simple Earth's Essential Oil Recipe Box. Plus, get a free 80 milliliter diffuser when you subscribe using our URL. So all you have to do is go to simpleearth.com forward slash be the bridge and you'll get signed up for $39. What an incredible holiday gift to give someone this Christmas. You are listening to the Be The Bridge podcast with Latasha Morrison. How are you guys doing today? It's exciting. Each week, Be The Bridge podcast tackles subjects related to race and culture with the goal of bringing understanding. But I'm going to do it in the spirit of love. We believe understanding can move us toward racial healing, racial equity, and racial unity. Latasha Morrison is the founder of Be The Bridge, which is an organization responding to racial brokenness and systemic injustice in our world. This podcast is an extension of our vision to make sure people are no longer conditioned by a racialized society, but grounded in truth. If you have not hit the subscribe button, please do so now. Without further ado, let's begin today's podcast. Oh, and stick around for some important information at the end.
Hello, Be The Bridge family. Once again, I am Tandria Potts, and I am here to set up a wonderful blast from the past. Many of you have been tracking with Be The Bridge podcast since the beginning, but a lot of you have recently joined us, and we are so grateful that you tune in each week. We're going back a bit to represent an episode from an earlier season. Make sure you stay until the end because I'll have some information that I'm sure you'll want to know. With that said, enjoy. So welcome, Beth Moore. Thank you for being here. Oh, I am just thrilled. I am so happy. Tasha, I have to tell you something I think you might appreciate. I changed that mission statement uh, Uh about probably about 10 years ago. In the very beginning, it was to encourage women to get to know Jesus Christ through the study of his word. And then, then you know, you grow up and yep. you get more exposure to the world. And I thought, you know, we need to emphasize that truly the point of Bible study yes, is yes. actually love Jesus yes. and not just get a head full of knowledge. So yes. that there's got to be a collision there of heart and mind, or it doesn't mean anything. So every time I hear someone read that, I always I, 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 I sort of want to lift my face to the to the heavens and wink because I remember well when I changed that. Because that. I, I had no idea that you could study that hard and be as mean as yes. a snake. Yes. But it is possible because I see it all the time. Yeah, you see it, and I mean, just think about. Even with some of the work that we do, like the people, you know, great heroes of faith that, you know, that own slaves and um, that were a part of segregation, like all of that, where it's so important, even in the work that we do when we start talking about racial justice and racial reconciliation, that is not just head knowledge, but it's heart. Like you, you're putting action to it because it's in your heart. And so I think that's just key in all of this. So that is true. Like, where you see this so much. And I think that's the thing when I always say that Jesus needs new PR. <laughs> yes. yes, that's I'm a like, great way to put it. Yeah, I'm like, oh my goodness. Like what Bible are we reading? What scriptures are we reading? Like, how did you get that out of that? <laughs> exactly. You know, I, I love to quote Melissa. And she said, mother, you know, you have to be careful where you quote me on that. And I, <laughs> I know baby, but I, I just, I just love to do it. Uh-huh. She says to me every now and then she said, you know, mother, you just keep making the same mistake over and over. And I always know what she's going to say because she said, you assume people are actually reading their Bibles. (laughs) Exactly. And or either, you know what? I think it is, Beth, some of it is that we read the Bible you know, just within the last few years, I think there's things in scriptures that have been illuminated because we also read the Bible through our cultural lens. Yes, we you do. Know? And then when you start understanding, um, I go to a church where they really interpret the scriptures. Also, like what was happening during that time? You know, what did this mean in Eastern culture? Like, especially when you're reading Genesis, you know, and it starts like illuminating stuff for you. And I think sometimes the way we read the Bible, we try to read it literally, you know, and it's like, you have to approach it, you know, in a different way. And I think that's how, because there's no way in the world that we can kind of, you can get, 
this from that, you know, sometimes. Well, it's right. And here's the other thing that I keep saying over and over. Of course, Melissa is exaggerating on that. There are some people <laughs> that read, but one of the things that, that I have a very, very strong passion about is that we not just read and reread these same scriptures right. we've always read that right. you know, we, we all have our cliff note mm-hmm. version of the scriptures and yeah. people will just go because it's you know it's in there it's in the scriptures and I, if it says it I believe it it's like right that's not all it says. Yes, right, <laughs> right, right. You're going to have to widen your reading horizon. Right, right. And it's so key because I think if we really teach the word, you know, like the, the work that you're doing is so key because it helps illuminate the truth of who God is to to people who are searching, you know, and um, and I think that's just really key in this work. And as, and and then we like one of the things I think that's really um, good in this, like where you talk about MJ. We were talking about Michael Jordan, but even as we talk about ourselves, like how you you've grown in your work and in your ministry, and how you shifted your. Um, your mission statement to reflect that we've done the same thing with, with be the bridge um, to kind of, it was just so um, wide. We want it to really be narrow yes. and specific. Yes. And so we had, we grow as individuals we have to. the same way that we grow, you know, in our, de- our spiritual development and our walking and our sanctification. And so I think it's just important um, just as one of the things that I've been watching you um, just over the last, like, I guess, couple years or so where you've always used your voice. You've always had to, um, you know, you know, knock down barriers and obstacles and all those different things. But I think um, this thing that's really standing out a lot in our community is um, watching you really use your voice as a leader um, as it relates to lifting up, um, you know, gospel issues, you know, um, all gospel issues and I not just one gospel issue. What the difference was there. It took mm-hmm. me a while. You have to get past a little bit and look back. Uh-huh. But I have been bold within my sphere of influence right. for, uh, on certain subjects throughout Right. And on uh, certain others, then just increasingly so. But I sort of stayed in my my lane and yeah. did my thing there. And I would have kept those things separately from an extremely public right. uh, role, except that it got so objectionable mm. and so appalling and I felt like the witness, the gospel witness so compromised that mm-hmm. there was no way to keep that same rule of speech. Right. They're just, it right. was like, there. one of the things I so appreciate the Lord doing in my life and I, I can see this consistently Uh, throughout is that when he did and has called upon me to be really outspoken 
Mm-hmm. It is usually something I believe so much to my bones that I can bear the backlash. It's like, this is, it's so important to me that what comes of it is just part of it. You know, I don't enjoy it. I don't like it. But every single time it's been something that was, I mean, a core belief that it was just, no, there's no, there, there was not a single time that I have been really outspoken that I would have told you that I was going back on whether or not I should say it. Right. It would have have been that I could not have kept from it. And if that if that's the case, then I can be at peace there when when I am not at peace. I've done this uh, uh, countless times is when I've rashly said something that was not necessarily. You know, I just said it because I just that's sort of my opinion instead of no one of my core convictions. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what talking about and then you know you get yourself in a lot of trouble but some of the things that you're talking about were so core so uh so in the marrow of the bone that it was uh I I could not have kept from it and so that has been that's been a blessing to me because when I go back and think I've been asked so many times do you regret this or that on those occasions, I'm able to go, you know, a hundred times out of a hundred, I would have had to do it that same way, same way, same way. Wow. Incredible insights. Don't go anywhere. We're going to pause for a quick moment and we'll be right back. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Being a human is exhausting and that's for everyone. It doesn't matter who you are or what you have. Life can really take a toll. One common stressor is how we give away our power. You can't control what someone else does or what happens to you, but you can control your controllables and how you choose to respond. That's how you keep your power. And therapy can help you do this. Therapy can help you learn how to do this. It's not a Jedi mind trick. It's learning what you're capable of. And as our resident therapist says, when life gives you lemons, you can either make lemonade or you can squeeze them into your eye. Your choice. You don't want to do that. You see, BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy. And you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. So let's go make lemonade. And I'm grateful that this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and Be The Bridge listeners get 10% off. As you know, the work that we do in Be The Bridge, we need someone there to support us. We need a support system and BetterHelp can be that support system. BetterHelp.com slash be the bridge. B E T T E R H E L P. Have I lost my mind? I don't know. All I know is a hundred times out of a hundred, if that had happened, I still would have reacted the same way. Right. I think that's where conviction and just being 
compelled through that conviction comes in. Um, for the questions for you, I wanted to source just some people that I know that really look up to you and their work and their ministry, especially um, um, female leaders who are um, leading and also some um, women of color. And one of my friends, Jen, um, she wanted, she had a specific question that she wanted, you know, as she's journey, journeying through this, she's navigating a lot because you have a lot of similarities and and your upbringing and, and, and different things and where you are in church and ministry. But um, the first question, she said, how do you balance the urgency of being bold and forward in truth um, and truth telling where people are not in line with God's heart while being patient and compassionate where people are struggling to change their framework of thinking and being. And you were just talking about this just a little bit, like just what, areas where you've been compelled to um, to speak, there's this core value that has, you know, that basically, um, um, you know, where you see that this has been fractured and in our body. And, 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 I, and I know for you, it's like you care about the body. You care about the capital C church and the yes. people in the church. So a lot of times it's like, I'm, I'm speaking, this is hard truth, but I'm speaking because I love you. Oh, I can tell you, I love the church. It is, I've told so many people, so listen carefully to me when I say to you that politics for whatever we're defining that as I'm talking about, just Mm -hmm. that has not been, that's not my big thing. My big thing is the church. Right. But when it comes to church, then I'm going to start reacting. You understand what I'm saying? That right. that is what made the difference because I I so uh, I so love the church and I so care about the fact that we have got this long on this planet, this long. Our generation has this long here, mm-hmm. and we're responsible for this. Mm-hmm. So um, I think she's wondering if I balance it. <laughs> <laughs> Let me say, I don't know that many people would uh, accuse me of, of great balance. Uh-huh. Um, I, I, I blow, blow it often and often don't balance it well, but I can tell you that I am begging and pleading this, this Jesus thing that we're talking about today. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is life to me. So this isn't, I'm not just playing spiritual um games with with you and with our listeners this this is life to me this is this is my my bread and my meat mm-hmm. and my drink is that i i'm praying so hard to be filled with the holy spirit because he has that capacity mm-hmm. to for compassion as well as just being able to spit out mm-hmm. what is true and one of the things that i'm i'm always asking him for it, whether it's in this exact wording or not, is that the fire on my tongue would not exceed the fire in my heart. Mm-hmm. With, with either one of those, if it's, it's, I mean, it's my fire in my heart, but I, I won't speak truth. That is uh, off, off kilter. And then the same is true when I've got all this fire on my tongue, but it's not down in my heart. I don't have, I don't have that love. I don't have that compassion. Mm. What With our subject matter today, Tasha, it's, it's, it's easy to, I'd, I'd be an idiot not to have humility about it because I have been part of the problem. Mm-hmm. So for me to 
disengage myself from that and cast stones at my own house. Do you know what I'm saying? It right. Be, Listen, I, you 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 better believe I I have compassion. Right, I get it, but it still is the difference between what is right and what is wrong. Right. So, uh, man, I am. Uh, so, because of your growth and because of you know where you've missed it, there's an understanding where I have to have compassion because someone had yes. compassion for me and someone yes. was patient with me. So as a leader, this this raising your voice is remembering that road that you've also traveled, right. you know, where yeah. you didn't have all the information, you didn't know. So approaching would, others with humility. You know, I would, I would tell you that I have been on this journey my whole life long and that's that's another story and i'm not sure we have time for it but i was raised in uh, arkansas in the 60s oh okay yeah and so i have a very long uh history journey um through uh the the uh subject that we're talking about and rampant racism and injustice so i it's been a, a lifelong uh, process, but I will always see things in my own life as sort of before and after my crash course. And my, okay. <laughs> my real crash course has come in the last, uh, I would say, four years. And I, I spoke, I would have spoken on it way back when I wrote right. Breaking Free. Breaking Free was written uh, and uh, and uh, done at, not written at a black church, but it was, I, I did all of the messages there and have extreme involvement uh -huh. um, in that church and so i would just so you were immersed in a um in a predominantly african-american church during that time uh i was uh that that's where i did the bible study that's where oh, okay all got the, it got all it. the lessons uh were done there all the taping was done there okay and so it was not my home church it was in a church in new orleans but okay. so all to say i would have thought at that time this is one reason I do have a lot of compassion. I would I would not have seen myself in the in the category of uh, being complicit in white privilege. Mm -hmm. I could I wouldn't I wouldn't have even I wouldn't have had any of the terminology. Right. I would have believed that I I hated it. Uh -huh. I was uh, very outspoken about the sinfulness of prejudice, uh -huh. but I. Lord have mercy. And I, I, I need our listeners to understand today, man, I'm in elementary school here. So <laughs> I am. Let's I, talk about this crash course. Let's talk about this, this journey over the last four years to kind of push you into this work where it's not that you didn't care or didn't oh, care so much. It was, was a, it was a blind spot. And, you know, That's we true. talk about, you know, like in scripture, like, you know, like given, um, you know, when the healing of the of the blind man, like yeah. it's like, you know, we can see things, but we like, can we see things? You know what I'm saying? And okay. One of the best ways I know to describe it is okay. you just took a puzzle and opened the box of a puzzle and just pitched it all over the place. Uh -huh. And then, for, and so you've got a couple of those pieces that have come together and you're doing, you know, you're responding to those, you know what colors and shapes are in those few pieces, and you're you're responding to that. 
And I would say that closer to about four years ago, you know, when you say that you've seen something, you've seen things you can't unsee, that there's no way. Right. (laughs) I felt that it, we hit such a a terrifying place Mm. of going the potential to move violently backwards mm-hmm. instead of forward. Not just not to make progress, yeah, but to, to move back. And I saw it in several realms. I also saw it in areas of misogyny where I thought, oh my goodness, it is not just a matter of women not being, not being able to keep ground that we've made. Mm-hmm. It is a matter of losing ground. Right. Right. It's fragile. It's fragile. It truly was. And it was so blatant. And suddenly I could look across the floor. I, um, it, it, uh, it puts emotion in my throat even to talk about the, the middle picture of it. I suddenly could look across the floor and see all of those pieces and all of them starting to move together and what enormity it had and how invasive in absolutely everything it was and how we in the church were not only participating in it, but in certain respects leading out. And it was, uh, it was, it was, it was horrifying. It was impossible. It was one of those things, you know, where you go, don't tell me you don't see it. Right. You cannot tell me, and I still, I still feel that way today. I just, you, how do you mean you can't see? Right, it? it's hard because it's hard for me. I just want to call you. Is it all right if I call you Mama Beth? Oh, please, you call me anything <laughs> because to call you anything else, but it's, is you know, it's like okay, I, I can say Miss Miss Moore, Miss Beth. <laughs> okay, but what was one of those things? What was one situation or one circumstance where it was like I, God, I see, and I have got to say something. Like like what was something that happened? Um, that- our mouth cannot overshoot our heart, or our duplicity is going to be exposed. Martin, when the case of Trayvon Martin happened in 2012, like I'd always done this work, but only with other people of color. And there were threads there throughout my life. But I think the the situation with Trayvon compelled me to take action. Um, What was that with you? I can tell you, and you know, I'm just going to go ahead and just hop right into go ahead hop on in (laughs) because there won't this is this really does get to the heart of it and i would tell you definitely definitely um my alarm came with trumpism and i i'd like to explain what i mean by that and i've tried to get people to understand this and i hope some of our listeners can can hear the nuance in this. Right. Our listeners, well, they're there too. They're traveling the same journey with you. Okay. Well, here's here's my thing. I expected Donald Trump to be Donald Trump. And so I, I I need somebody to understand it because I 
honestly, I expect worldly people to be worldly people. I, you know, I don't have the, it's not, I, I, where my alarm came in is with Christian leaders uh, getting so wrapped up uh, in it and so, so much triumphalism in it. That's where I started getting, uh, getting extremely uh, undone and extremely worried. But it was in the crowds and the rallies. I watched as I watched on the screen mm-hmm. and I felt this like, this, this is so dangerous. Yeah. This, this kind of, uh, the best word I know to call it is just triumphalism. Yeah. What does it mean? What does it, what, what does greatness mean? What, what, this whole feeling of going, wait a second, going backwards instead of forward. Mm -hmm. And, uh, oh my goodness. What you, what you need to know is I'm, I I never did think it wasn't a matter of cat that somebody that cast a vote for this, uh, candidate or that candidate. I, I, I didn't vote for either candidate, Tasha. Uh-huh. I didn't, I didn't care for either one of them. Uh-huh. And that's just me. And I do realize there are a lot of, uh, a lot of, uh, drawbacks to that kind of a philosophy, but I was, I was completely caught in order to stay with my convictions. I did not have mm-hmm. any way to go there mm-hmm. and I went third party, but I will tell you, I, it, it was the whole the whole tone of it mm-hmm. that and I, that was so scary to me and it wasn't it wasn't it wouldn't have been in everyone that cast a vote a particular way it was in the swell it wasn't just about the voting um, booth it mm-hmm. was in this swell of of uh, popularity and almost near um, I mean it was nearly messianic to me it, right. mm-hmm. and what what i what i felt as i looked and saw the the tone of it and all and not just from him but in surrounding surrounding it that that's where my crash course began Hey, Bridge Builders, I'm so excited to tell you about a tangible way that you can give back and provide hope this holiday season. As you know, Christmas is one of my favorite holidays and I love to give gifts. And one of my favorite things this year has been Thistle Farms. They make beautiful candles, bath and body products. Thistle Farms, they provide healing, housing and employment for women survivors of trafficking, prostitution and addiction. And this is how it works. They provide women survivors two years of free housing and resources such as counseling, medical assistance and legal advocacy. That is so important. I love their vision and mission for Thistle Farms. I encourage you as you're looking for gifts for your loved ones this holiday season to explore thistlefarms.org. Their products are simply wonderful. Giving them this holiday season is a tangible way that you can give back and you can be a bridge of hope for women survivors of systemic injustices. While you're there on their site, 
All you have to do is type in Be The Bridge when you check out and you will get a 15% discount. So not only are you giving to a great cause, you're also getting a discount as you give to that cause. And this is just for our Bridge Builder listeners. And so make sure you go to thistlefarms.org and support an awesome ministry that is giving back to so many people. Thanks for staying with us. Let's get back to our conversation. You're not going to shove me into either one of those camps. So don't you tell me that. Well, I'm trying to think how I would feel if I were black mm-hmm. and I were looking at it and wait, are you telling me mm-hmm. that that pro-life only lasts until birth? Mm. It's just, I don't know how in the world people hang with it and the patience that some of my black brothers and sisters and friends have had with with me and what i what i represent uh and and could i mean they could hold me responsible for for the rest i know i know it was just getting good right Well, if you would like to hear this episode in its entirety, it's listed as episode 208. But before you go, go to the donors table if you'd like to hear the unedited version of this podcast. Thanks for listening to the Be The Bridge podcast. To find out more about the Be The Bridge organization and or to become a bridge builder in your community, go to bethebridge.com. Again, that's bethebridge.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, remember to rate and review it on this platform and share it with as many people as you possibly can. You can also connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Today's show was edited, recorded, and produced by Trayvon Potts at Integrated Entertainment Studios in Metro Atlanta, Georgia. The host and executive producer is Latasha Morrison. Lauren C. Brown is the senior producer and transcribed by Sarah Conitzer. Please join us next time. This has been a Be The Bridge production.